Hey there, this is Therese Skelly, and I am so excited that you are going to be listening to an episode of the Fiercely Brilliant Podcast. Do you like those two words? Fiercely Brilliant. My hypothesis is that you are here for a reason. We all are. Our souls have led us on journeys that have very often taken some twists and turns, and sometimes it's not pretty. Sometimes there's struggle, and there's loss, and there's challenge, and in the middle of that, there's always the way out. And it's those times that often lead us into our great life and work. So you're going to hear stories in these episodes of myself and other beautiful people that share the journey. They share how they got to the place where they're standing, working in their brilliance and being the powerful leaders that they are. So stay tuned and enjoy this episode. Hey, this is Therese Skelly, and this is another episode of the Fiercely Brilliant Podcast. And I'm so excited to bring you Alicia Kramer today. We got to spend time together and did a weekend retreat and oof, this is a little powerhouse. And, and it's one of these stories that is going to be so inspiring because the gap between where she is today and what she started with and what she went through is, is stunning. And so it's going to be stories of like overcoming and showing you what's possible. So Alicia, I'm so glad you're here. Welcome. Oh, thank you so much. All right. I love to to have my guests talk about what they do today and what they love about it. So why don't you just share your work? Well, I work with business owners as a business mindset coach and mentor. I am by trade a certified hypnotherapist, uh, also uh, trained in a lot of different energy healing modalities, uh, and I have my master's degree in metaphysical science, so I am right there with all of the um, the woo, if you will. Uh, <laughs> we like the woo around here. We're fans love, of woo. Love the woo um, in a really practical, pragmatic yeah. way. Because business owners, in many cases, are very practical, pragmatic people, um, full of limiting beliefs, old hurts, old traumas, old patterns, self-worth issues, self-esteem issues, self-confidence issues. Mm -hmm. And my work is to help my clients to shift those things Mm -hmm. and help them recondition their mind. Mm-hmm. to achieve everything they want in their life and business. Oof, I love that. Like our, our, my, my body's like, oh, that's so freaking yummy. You know, it's what's interesting because I know you work with very high achievers, seven figure and high achieving people. And it's not just if you're a broke startup that you have mindset issues. So, so let's talk about for a second, how is it that a person can get to a, you know, a very successful business and still have mindset issues? So let's talk about that. So one of the things that I frequently say is no amount of money affords you the luxury of just dropping all of your shit. <laughs> uh, Darn it. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, not a strategy. You can't, you can't buy your yeah, way out of it. You cannot buy your way out of it. Um, so you can focus your way into a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And if I just have to share this because it's come up so many times. Okay. So many times I'll get the question, you know, well, how is it possible then that someone can have so much financial success and still be so miserable, so unhappy? Right. 
you know, because we're indoctrinated into this philosophy when you start getting into personal development work and inner inner development work and spirituality that you're supposed to think positive right think positive and you will create money and success and happiness and all of that stuff and while there is an element of truth to that where people get tripped up is the mind loves to make things so black and white so they say, well, if someone is miserable, if they have scarcity, and we've heard of like the like the Scrooge syndrome, right? Sure, sure. The miserly um, wealthy person, you know, who is so stingy and afraid of, uh, you know, people are going to take, right? Yeah. Like, how is that even possible? It's like, well, if you truly believe that you can be successful that you can be wealthy, that you will, Mm -hmm. if that's what you are so predominantly focused on, you can be a miserable human being and still (laughs) create the money, still create a quote, successful business. But, you know, we've got to ask ourselves, is that what we really want? Mm And that's where we've got to sort of clean up. That's the inner work, the Mm -hmm. inner game that I'm always talking about, because you can create all sorts of things by just being obsessed with it. Sure. Right. Um, But if you're dragging all of your fears, your doubts, your insecurities, your old pain, your, you know, all of that yucky stuff into your future you're getting all that stuff too. Right. That's a great question. That's a great question. So it's not like when you have an X amount of money, all the mindset things go away. Sometimes I, I, they reveal themselves even more, right? It's like new level, new devil kind of thing. So, so it, what I just want to hear people say is at any level of business success you're on, you still have the mindset, the energy, the inner game piece that is, is, is imperative, right? Yeah, absolutely. And what I found with that new level, new devil thing is it really comes down to this uh, phenomenon that occurs as we're growing. Okay. So this is my current Mm self-image. My current self-image is a self-fulfilling prophecy. What I believe is possible for me, what I expect is possible for me. Um the types of actions that I'm taking, the way that I think, the way that I feel, the way that I look, the types of relationships that I'm in, right? Mm-hmm. Now, if I decide, oh, I'm going to kick it up a notch mm-hmm. and I'm going to go to the next level and maybe let's just, let's keep it simple and let's say it's an income goal. Okay. So now my old self-image is at say, we'll just say six figures, okay? Mm-hmm. And I want seven figures. Well. If my current self-image and all of those beliefs, all of those expectations is this is who I am, this is what I have, and now I'm starting to reach for something higher, all of the beliefs that do not match this new level are going to be presented. And I have to work through all of those beliefs in order to become a mental and vibrational match to that new level. So when someone says new level, new devil, 
what usually they're referring to is this phenomenon, this up-leveling phenomenon where your stuff that is directly interfering with you having what you want is presenting itself. And I always say, you can't take that stuff with you. You've got to let it go. So the people that's like, God, I've already worked on this. I'm not at this level. And it's actually a gift. I love when this happens because like you say, you can't take it with you. And so it's being revealed so that you can free yourself and create that new version. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of creating new versions of you, I know you had a really difficult childhood. So just kind of jump in because, because I love the contrast. I love super high achieving successful woman today. And look what you started with. So why don't you share some of that? And we're going to pull out some lessons and, um, and just give hope and inspiration so people can have the breakthrough to live the great life they want to have. Most of us have not had the perfect environment growing up to support our success, our desires, our happiness, our fulfillment. And there's varying degrees, right? Some people are really in bad situations, Mm -hmm. homelessness, hunger, physical abuse. And some people have what seems like a pretty normal, conventional life. They had Mm -hmm. two parents that predominantly were loving, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, they had money, food, all the stuff, and they still are going to bump up against some fear, some rejection, you know, my best friend betrayed me and now there's trust issues, right? So no one gets through life completely unscathed. Uh, For some of us, we have a little more uh, that we have to work through. (laughs) (laughs) I'm raising my hand too, sister. Yeah. Right. So for me, um, my my mom um, was young when she had me and uh, bit rough around the edges, you could say. Uh, she was basically forced into marrying my father when she got pregnant with me at a very young age. And he had a lot of mental health issues to where I found out, you know, he pushed her down the stairs while she was pregnant with me. Oh um, what finally was sort of the point where she said, cannot do this anymore. I was, I think about two Uh, I used to have a lot of chronic ear infections and she was at work. He was supposed to be watching me. Apparently I was crying a lot. Must've pissed him off. He picked me up by my face, threw me across the room. Um, You know, police had to come take pictures, all the stuff. That was when, you know, she finally had enough. So then from there, it became move in with this boyfriend who was Mm -hmm. dysfunctional, either some type of addict or abusive or whatever. Um, it was four. I saw her biker boyfriend hold a gun to her head. Um, just a lot of really toxic stuff. And when I started to get old enough to really be affected by it, uh, you know, when you're young, you're pretty resilient. Mm -hmm. You know, we see this with kids. I see it with my own kids, you know, um, somebody could say something rude to them and they're over it. It Rolls off. Right. Yeah. You know, um, but now when you're, you start to reach that, that age where now you're starting to 
see life through a different lens. And that's when it really started to, to adversely affect me. So at about the age of 10, I started to um, become very depressed. By 12, I was drinking heavily, tattooing myself, um, you know, just not really in a, a good state. I became very, very suicidal. And I struggled with uh, suicidal ideations and alcoholism through up through my teens into my 20s. Um, in, well, I was 25 and um, I went out with some girlfriends, had some drinks, and I was given a date rape drug. And when it came to, I had been physically and sexually assaulted and I had uh, post traumatic stress disorder. And you know, when you think to yourself, oh, I hated my life before and now <laughs> I can't even function. Um, you know, get it get worse, right? Yeah. Oh my but God. It was exactly what I needed to pull my head out of my ass because it was so traumatic that I couldn't function and I had to do something. And, and I remember making the decision Either I have to find a cure, a genuine, real cure, not self-medicate, yes. not right, a real cure. Either right. I have to find a cure or this is going to kill me. And I chose to find a cure. And so I went on a really deep healing journey and I booked sessions with every different type of alternative mm-hmm. health practitioner I could find. Yeah. Um, hypnosis uh, was very powerful for me. EFT, a lot of different types of energy work, um, a lot of just listening to, mm-hmm. you know, Deepak Chopra and Wayne Dyer and Tony Robbins and yeah. really just starting to build myself up from the inside out. Mm. And I was changing so significantly that, you know, people around me were just like, wow, you know, <laughs> Who is this? Yeah. Um, and it, it was a process, you know, it was a process and it was just always that consistent up-leveling process. And there were times when I started my business, um, it was, it was hard. Um, a lot of challenging years financially in the beginning and a lot of just wrestling with that old self-worth stuff. Yeah. So you know, to, to look back and now I've been doing this for over a decade to look back and see how far I've come, um, is humbling to say the least. Yes, and I'm super miracle. And it's, you know, it's an ongoing journey and there's certainly a lot more room for growth. Um, but it is, it is a, a journey that I'm really, truly grateful for. Wow. I, I so love that you are just being so real. Just you, this is the thing. This is a story. You know, there's no, there's no trying to whitewash it, make it pretty. Um, and it really is. You can live through hell and there's a resurrection. We're on Easter season, right? And there's, there's, like, a, there's like a resurrection for you. So let me ask you today, looking back on it, do you have a sense, Alicia, like, this happened for me. All those experiences happened for me. You know what I mean? Like, cause it, you could sit there and be the biggest victim on the planet because holy shit, you were victimized horrifically and yet you've turned it into good. So is it, so how do you hold that? Or how did you hold that spiritually or existentially? Like, wow, all these things happen. How, how do you hold that? That came in layers. Okay. I remember the first layer I was driving in my car to work 
And I had this really clear inner awareness. It was almost like it was sort of divinely spoken to me that everything that I went through in my childhood and up to that point allowed me to relate to other people who I could help. Yes. And that was the first time that I really, truly felt inner peace about everything. Um, From there, it has come up again in different ways. And, um, but the theme is always the same. You know, it is that we go through these things to grow. Mm-hmm. And in some cases, we didn't need to go through all of what we <laughs> went through. In some cases, we made it a whole lot harder for ourselves Often. than right. it needed to be. Right. Um, and that's an important awareness too, because a lot of people, again, they take things so black and white, right? It's like, oh, well, then it was all destined to be. And it's mm. like, no. No, it didn't have to be that hard. My mindset, my vibration, right? My, where I was in my head and in my heart at that point Mm -hmm. prolonged that suffering. And that, that was sort of, some of these things were interjections, right? Kind of like, you know, you may have heard the, uh, the analogy that people use, like, when your inner guidance or the universe, however you want to say it, you know, when it's, it's giving you that message that it's time to change time to do something. It's like a quiet little whisper, right? right? And then it's a little bit louder next time. <laughs> and you're, you're, you're like, no, I'm, I'm good. No, no, uh-huh. no you know, uh-huh. I'm good. And, and then it gets a little bit louder and, and then it's screaming at you and you're still not listening because we are so set in our ways. Right. right. And then pretty soon it's going to be like a slam slap upside the top right. of the head. You're on your back. Right. <sighs> so was there, while you were going through it, did you have hope? Was there ever a glimmer? Were you connected to anything greater or were you just living day to day? When I was young, um, I felt a tremendous amount of sadness the majority mm. of the time. Yeah. However, looking back, there were some really interesting signs. Okay. Um, everything from, I remember being uh, pretty young and I think I told, told this story when we were together mm-hmm. in person, uh, my mom had acquired a whole bunch of antique books on herbology. Mm-hmm. And I was just fascinated by them. And because my mom was really into organic gardening, we lived out on a farm and she had a huge garden. So she grew a lot of these wow. herbs and stuff. And I was, I started making my own medicinal teas out of dried herbs that she had as a really young girl. Uh-huh. Um, I also was always the healer friend. Mm. So um, while my very dysfunctional friends were, you know, I mean, we're talking like, you know, 12, well, I think it started probably around 13, 14, 15, Mm -hmm. right. I'd go over to stay at a friend's house. They'd sneak out, we'd sneak out (laughs) older boyfriend who could, had a car Uh, driving, right. Would come at night and 
pick us up. We'd go off someplace and they'd be having sex with, with this basically like, you know, man who is, should not, you know, be be, playing with 13 year olds. Yeah. And I would be the protector, you know, I'd be the one to interject, you know, and I'm just this tiny little thing. You are tiny. I put four super duper tiny and I did not let that stop me. Somebody (laughs) was going to mess with my friend. I would kick their ass. Um, But I was more of like the grounded protector. And then as, even as that, you know, like growing up, um, you know, I started to have some really interesting things happen. I remember in my early twenties, I started to have these odd experiences where Mm -hmm. I would know that someone was doing something. Like I remember um, we, my, my boyfriend and I, at the time we had a roommate and there was, it was a, I never was really into, into marijuana, smoking pot. Mm-hmm. That was my thing. Alcohol was my thing. Mm-hmm. I remember there was, it was supposed to be no, no pot in the house. Mm-hmm. And I was in a dead sleep upstairs and he was downstairs in the living room. And I woke up and I was like, I know he's smoking pot. I know it just knew it. And I went downstairs wow. sure enough. And that was the yeah. beginning of when those types of right. Like psychic awareness type Mm -hmm. of thing, if you want to call it that, you know, Um, and I would scare the hell out of, I started to think it was fun. Like I would tell people what they were thinking. And that was short lived. (laughs) It was kind of just like fun at the time. Party games. Yeah. But um, uh, so there was always like these weird little, you know, drop ins throughout my life. But I would say that, you know, when, when you're so in the thick of your being the victim and your drama and trauma and feeling sorry for yourself and your emotional stuff and woe is me and like that was predominantly my mindset and I didn't ever really I didn't have big dreams or big goals at that time you never saw probably nobody around you hadn't either right? right right I knew that I always wanted to be an entrepreneur, I should say since I was 18, that I knew, but I had struggled with it. And my mindset was absolutely not right. And that kind of didn't start to come on until a little bit later than, um, obviously a important part of, of the story as well. But, um, you know, it wasn't until I really started to do my inner work that it became very, very, very clear to me. There had to be more. That's fabulous. So if somebody, I think there's the person that is living in the trauma or living in the, the, whatever it is, and they don't, they don't understand the effect of it because like, they're just in it. There's no other. And then there's a lot of people that are kind of out of it, but then are like, holy shit, that stuff. Like, like the effects of trauma are really like it, it's a rough one. And so somebody that has maybe had a horrific childhood or lived through some experiences that really are still lingering where do you start? Where, where would you, what, what tips would you give them? Because the goal is like, you can be free of that. You can. So where's a starting point? If somebody's listening to you going, I love your story, but how do I move into that? So it is a journey yeah. and you have to be willing to, to go on the full journey. And that's the, that's the biggest thing. 
right? So it doesn't matter what it is, whether somebody's struggling with weight and they have for the past 20 years, or they've been in a really dysfunctional relationship that they desperately want to get out of, but just do not have the the confidence and the courage, right? Our mind is really set with these beliefs, these limiting beliefs, the old patterns, the old programs, the old defaults. And so when we decide that we're going to create something new for ourselves, we're going to bump up against resistance to that. And you have to really be committed to be on the journey for the long haul. Yeah. That means you don't just go to one session with one practitioner and, oh, you're not magically healed of all of your years of trauma and you just throw up your arms and decide, (laughs) oh, doesn't work for me. (laughs) Right. Right. And how many people, you know, especially people who work in any type of healing field have heard the same shit all the time, you know, Mm -hmm. oh, I tried this and it didn't work for me. Oh, I tried that and it didn't work for me. Like, well, you know, you're looking for a magic bullet. And there is none. There is there none. is no magic. It's the work. You gotta go it's, through it. You've got to do the work. You know, I think I think it's easy in the we're all spiritual in my tribe, right? And and, and it's so it's okay to say, yeah, that happened for you. And that was my soul's purpose and design and all that. And I think it's easy to get a spiritual bypass. Oh, I have to forgive. And I am the opposite. I say, no, you have to feel the fuck out of it. You have to feel all the feelings, feel the rage, feel the grief, because that's living in your body. So, so don't let your head go, oh, it's fine. It happened for me. You know what I mean? Because if you don't feel the feelings, then what happens? Because I know you're, you're going, uh-huh, uh-huh. Because I think this is a mistake because it's easy to bypass. So when, let's talk about that for a second. Yeah. So that is essentially just repressing. And I always say, you've got, you have to release the energy properly. A lot of people, they're trying to repress it, push it away, avoid it, positive (laughs) self-talk out of it, but you're not releasing it. Mm -hmm. Now, there are a lot of different ways that you can release it, but it always comes down to the fundamental principle that you have to acknowledge it. You have to, you have to be willing to feel it to some extent, you know, it is what it is. It hurts. You're angry. It's it, it didn't need to happen. Maybe it shouldn't have happened. We're not saying that it's right that it happened. Mm -hmm. We're not right. What we're saying is you've got to release the negative emotional charge that is stuck because you cannot create something different for yourself when you're holding on to that and it's not helping you, it's not serving you. It's not, if, if you're really honest, mm-hmm. holding on to that pain, holding on to that anger is toxic to you. It is not helping you be a better person. It is not helping you change your future in any positive, meaningful way. It's not helping anyone else because you're not being the best version of yourself for the people you love, for your customers, your clients, for anyone. And when you're willing to see that objectively, then your mind is more willing to release and let it go. If you can show your mind, because your mind is just trying to protect you, right? Mm -hmm. Your mind says, 
no, we cannot ever allow that to happen again. So we're going to relive this memory and the trauma and the pain over and over and over again. So you never put yourself in that situation again. But now is that actually helping you or is there a better way? Because there are a lot of bad things that could happen Mm -hmm. that just simply probably never will happen to you. You're not holding on to those fears. Right. 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 That's a great point. Right. You really said it wonderfully well. Yeah. You have to feel it to heal it. That's just it. And I think a lot of people are like, oh, but I could, if I would fall in that hole, holy shit. I mean, you were suicidal, right? And a lot of people be like, I will never feel suicidal again. But the truth is you can do it for three minutes. You can do it in the presence of a friend. You can, you can, there are ways to kind of like, you know, take a little cup of the bucket of it. You don't have to like have a nervous breakdown to feel it. But sometimes just making a decision, bringing guidance in, angels, whatever, like I'm safe to do this now. So if you're guided to do it, maybe journal, maybe scream, whatever, but it's like move the energy. And I love how you said your brain is just trying to keep you safe by technically re-traumatizing you (laughs) (laughs) over and over. It's like the groundhog day, reliving it. You're like, we don't want that. Okay. So if you were to have, like, think about what. You've shared so much, such a beautiful story, and you speak about it so well. What do you want to leave the listeners with? Like, what's on your heart that you really want to like? What's possible, or or what's there for them? My message has been, and will probably continue to be, that if you have a desire in your heart, whatever that's for a better quality of life, a thriving, successful business that makes your heart sing, a beautiful, wonderful family, all of it, right? If you have a desire in your heart, and I'm not talking about the ego desire, I'm not talking about having the the fancy house because then Sally Sue, who made fun of you in 10th grade is going to be jealous, right? Um, I'm saying those real ones, like the ones that you feel avoid not saying yes to those things. You have that desire in your heart, then there is, it is law. It is law. As much as the law of gravity is a law. If you have a desire in your heart, then there must be a way for you to fulfill on that desire. Now, some people get hung up on the details. They say to themselves, it can only be this certain way. Right, right right? It's not about the details. It's about the vibration. It's about the essence. And if you'll let go of being so smart and thinking, you know, the only way you can have those wonderful feelings that your heart desires and you tune in Mm. to that feeling, the feeling of the abundance and the love and the joy and the fulfillment, you'll be guided Mm. and it is possible. Mm. It is absolutely 100% possible. Mm. So well said. And, and you're, you are a poster child for that, right? Like your life started out very, very rough, very difficult, very challenging. And look at the beauty today. She's got two beautiful children. Like she's happy. Business is working. There's a lot of fulfillment for you. And so thank you for being the messenger for that. Thank you for doing your own work, right? We got to be the way showers if it's possible. So so if folks want more of you, 
two questions. Number one, where they can find you. And number two, I know you have a free gift. Just tell us about that. Yeah, absolutely. So um, the free gift is available on the website. Okay. Uh, so if you just go to aliciakramer.com, uh, you can connect with me there. Uh, there is an opt-in for my business success course, Hypnosis Audio Program, which is free. Uh, there's also information about my Inner Game Academy, uh, which mm. is very, very empowering for entrepreneurs to work through a lot of those yeah. not so great beliefs and, and behaviors. Perfect. All right. Well, this has been fabulous. And I want you, if you're listening, think about two people that need to hear this message today. Two people that maybe had a rough start. Two people who maybe had some trauma or or just need a hope. They just need an example of like, you see, it's possible. Send this link to them because we want to share this. We want more of us healing our trauma, shining our light. And Alicia, you've been fabulous. Thank you so much. Bye guys. Take care. Hey, I really appreciate you listening to that last episode. And I would love to get to know you a little bit more and to get to connect with you on a deeper level. And here's what I suggest. I've got a Facebook group that corresponds with the content of these podcasts. It's called Fiercely Brilliant Women in Business with Therese Skelly. So if you just search Facebook, Fiercely Brilliant with Therese Skelly, you'll find the group. It's a really nice group. It's a small group and I'm super active in it. Each week, we have a lot of supportive conversations. I share a lot of resources. I do a lot of coaching on the spot. And I would love to have you join me there. So if you like the vibe of this podcast and you want to hang out with a pretty darn cool community of women, join us at Fiercely Brilliant on Facebook with Therese Scally. Alrighty, peace and blessings. And I hope to see you in the group. Bye now.